coming to you live-ish from the beautiful rolling hills of the eastern townships. You've tuned in to 88.9 CJMQ. I'm your host, Matt McRae, and this is The Show. Thank you for joining me again here on the airwaves. We had a ruckus weekend in sports. NFL Week 2 is in the books. We had MLB playoff races, some solidified in Los Angeles and pretty much getting wrapped up all around the league. We had some local sports with the uh, Bishops University Gators football program, rugby program, golf, lacrosse. We had all kinds of action going on here in the townships. Without further ado, before we jump into first and 10, we're going to hear a couple of clips from around the eastern townships. Pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. of the season. Brady, end zone, caught by Brown, touchdown, New England. Antonio Brown, the newest Patriot, plunging into the stands in his hometown. You talk about faith in a receiver, Brady shows that he is very comfortable with number 17, going against first-year player Jamal Wiltz. A little bit of a shove there. The ball right on target. And over the fence he goes. Antonio Brown wearing number 17 for his father, Eddie Brown. An accomplished arena league wide receiver and specialist. There we had some live audio from Coulter Field with the Bishops University Gators reigning supreme 27-23 over Mount Allison over the weekend. They had three interceptions by Nick. Now, apologize for this name. Cartagonese? Anyways, congratulations to the Gators playing some great defense and coming through in the clutch with a huge 27-23 win victory over the weekend. They now have a bye week with their next game coming up uh, in a couple weeks for a homecoming weekend here in the township. So mark that on your calendar. They're going to be playing uh, September 28th against Acadia at 2 p.m. at Coulter Field. So we're going to have some more Bishops University news, but without further ado, we are going to go to uh, the coach of the Bishop Skaters with his press conference at the end of their victory over the weekend. All right, here with Coach Nikola, fresh off a 27-23 victory over Mount Allison. So first off, Coach, just your thoughts on the game today. Just, I think, I thought we made it a little closer uh, and a little harder uh, than it needed to be. Uh, but the guys uh, closed it off and iced it at the end. Both defense and offense did just enough to uh, keep that lead. Yeah, so I was going to say, so Matt Allison came back there in the fourth quarter, put up a couple late touchdowns, made it close. How are you guys able to close it out there in the last couple minutes? Well, I, you know, defense uh, got to the quarterback. He threw a bad ball, and we picked it off. And then uh, offensively, we were able to throw um, to throw a, a nice little screen to a receiver. He made a big play, which uh, gave us that, uh, that field goal at the end, which uh, at the end made the big difference. So last week, we saw your starting quarterback, Charlotte, really go down with an injury, but he was back today, mm-hmm. had another great game. So just want to... Your thoughts and just kind of the impact that Overly has on your team. Yeah, obviously he's uh, he's a playmaker. Uh, it, it showed at, at times that he hadn't uh, he hadn't practiced all week, but uh, uh, again he showed a lot of moxie and he's just going to get better. It's just starting with him. 
All right, so next week you've got a bye, but in two weeks you've got Acadia back here at home. So just want to get your early thoughts on that uh, rematch from the opening game. I will watch the film and uh, get back to you. <laughs> All right, Coach, well, thank you very much. Congrats on the win today, and good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. And there you have it, Coach Nicola. After the Gators' victory, they have a bye week, and they're going to come back in two weeks' time at homecoming, 2 p.m. September 28th against Acadia. Oh, Coach, a little frosty there after a victory. I mean... Team's 2-2 two and two now overall is doing his bell check. We're just on to Acadia. <laughs> no, congratulations to the football team. We are just going to do a brief rundown now as well. We have some more scores to uh, address. Aside from the men's football program having some success over the weekend, we also had some scores to come in. On uh, September the 13th, the women's soccer program fell to number 5, Laval, losing 4-1. to one. Uh, As well as the lacrosse losing at, this is a real name, Nipissing, Nipissing. September the 14th. But on the good side of news, the Bishops University golf program on Saturday, they had a huge bounce back second 18 playing in the rain uh, over the weekend. They sit in second place in the UQAR Invitational with uh, a great uh, performance. Anthony Gosselin was plus four final round uh, through the first day and the rest of the team had some success. So good luck to the Gators in their final result. Again, this is pre-recorded, but they persevered through some rain and some pretty nasty weather. So congratulations to them. But there's also another congratulations that needs to go out to the Bishops University ladies. 24 to 20 victors against McGill for the ladies rugby program. I know they worked very hard, and uh, that's just a huge victory in the books for them. We're going up against McGill, and uh, they just had a big victory. So follow everything social media-wise, yeah, hashtag Gator Nation. Um, you can also find them on uh, Twitter, at uh, Bishop's Gators, just to follow along with all your local teams and how the Gators are doing. So without further ado, let's jump right in to First and Ten. Number one, Mitch Marner's extension with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yay or nay? Yay for them. I think they have to get rid of Nylander. They've, I mean, on defense, they won't be able to afford Muzzin at $4 million. Uh, next year. He's in the last year of his contract. There's a lot of money devoted to uh, just a few players. Tavares, Nylander's got to go. I think Matthews is going to be there. There's big talk about the captaincy. Again, the Leafs haven't had a captain. I hate talking Toronto Maple Leafs, talking Habs country. It somewhat feels dirty. But I'm going to do it anyways. They haven't had a captain since Dion Phaneuf back in 2016 when he was traded to the Senators in February. So it's been almost four years. It's going to be coming up on four years. They need to name a captain. Tavares is the safe call. But I say go with Matthews. Give Marner an A. Give Tavares the A. Put it on Matthews. Give him uh, the responsibility. He's got a sharp mustache right now. He's just looking prime and ready to go. He's, uh, he's from the States, but he's a media darling. They love him in Toronto. Go for it. Give them the C and uh, ride with it. With that core nucleus, they can build around with them. Just be wary on defense, and goaltending has always been an issue. So, you know, Babcock says he wants a Kawhi-esque captain. <laughs> well, let's hope it's not a guy that leaves town. No, but they've got everybody locked up. Ugh, talking Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, next question. Number two. With the uh, playoff races getting solidified in Major League Baseball, Dodgers, Braves clinched over the weekend. Uh, yay or nay? Well, yay. It's been the same story pretty much all year. The Braves have done better than anticipated. They've 93 wins over the weekend going into Sunday. Dodgers, when they clinched, 96 victories. They're 96 and 54. It's just impressive. 19 and a half games over Arizona for first place. I mean, the Mets kind of made a surge, but 77 and 71 was their record over the weekend. And uh, the Phillies are right behind them. They only had 76. Uh, just not looking great. I mean, St. Louis Cardinals, 83 wins. The Cubs are behind them with 80. 
Uh, Oakland A's, uh, oh, sorry, Oakland, that's the American League. But, I mean, nothing really impressive in the National League. Nothing that really compares to the Dodgers. Maybe the Braves. The Braves are just going to be the Braves. They're going to make the make the playoffs, and then they're going to drop out, and we won't hear from them again. Number three on the American League side for the playoffs race. I've, my voice is getting hoarse talking about it. Yankees, Astros. I mean, Yankees were 90, 98 wins, almost at 100 wins. Um, they may have even reached this plateau by the time this airs on Tuesday. Astros at 97 wins over the weekend. They may reach that plateau soon as well. Now on to Oakland. I mean, 89 wins. That's impressive for what they've been doing, but the Talk of the American League is in Minnesota with the powerful Twins hitting all those home runs, 91 victories. They may reach 100, but I think, again, flash in the pan. They don't have the pitching to go deep enough. Offense kind of falls by the wayside, and it really comes down to your top three starters in the playoffs. So there you just have a brief rundown of the National League, the American League. Playoff races are getting solidified. Tensions are mounting. People are going to try to be rested and healthy, keep their pitchers rotated in the same ways. But uh, some great baseball being played down the stretch. Number four, will the Red Sox trade Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez? That's the hot news that broke over the weekend is there was the firing of the president uh, in Boston and a lot of moving and shaking 10 months after Boston uh, won the World Series. They're making such a crazy move and they're saying that a lot of money is tied up in their two best players in Mookie Betts and Martinez. It's a short memory for two players that just finished winning you a championship in less than a year. Fired after 10 months in the ti- uh, <clears throat> from winning the title. I think they should hold on to bets. I mean, Martinez, if you want to move his contract, grass is always greener. Boston has somewhat evolved into the Yankees. I mean, a huge Red Sox fan, but a lot of their moves are pretty much what the R- Yankees used to do. Higher oh, payroll. And I, I say you hold on to bets. Uh, he's a guy like Dustin Pedroia where you just want to see him in, his, in the uniform until he retires. We're not going to, you know, replace him yet. Number five, United States loses with disappointing in FIBA World Cup action. Yay or nay? Nay. I don't know. I didn't watch a single minute of it. The coaches, as I said before, voiced my opinion. The the coaches were more famous than any of the players. Kemba Walker being there, somewhat of a big deal. But you can just see that international teams wanted to to do more than the American teams. Canada, um, unfortunate result as well, with their players electing not even to go. Guys like Kelly Olynyk. Um... Just, you know, didn't stay healthy, got nicked up, and it was just unfortunate. I mean, this was somewhat of a failed experiment. Uh, this may be the last we ever see of the FIBA World Cup. Number six, Carolina Panthers lose Thursday night, going 0-2. A surprise? Is Cam Newton healthy? Is he to blame? If not, who is to blame? And what was Cam Newton wearing post game? Oh, okay, that's a lot of questions. Here's what I can gather. I don't think Cam, New- Cam Newton is healthy. I think there's something still going on in his shoulder. He's not throwing well to the right. I think he's only completing 40% of the passes to the right-hand side. He's usually one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the NFL. Something is not right there. They have the running game. They, they have some wide receivers. I mean, they're well coached. Riverboat Ron has been there a long time, so nothing has really changed there. So I just think it's all in Newton. He's not running as much as he used to, trying to keep him healthy. But unfortunately, I mean, he's not. He's a big dude. But he, I mean, he's not a rookie anymore, but he's nowhere near being an old quarterback. But uh, he just doesn't look sharp. And as for what he was wearing post-game, come on, man. I think the scarf is what really put it over. We all know he has a hat guy, and he tries to look good. But you can't, after laying an egg like that uh, on Thursday Night Football where you're the only game in town, everybody's watching you, you lay an egg like that, and then you come out, and you look like you should be like an extra in Streetcar Named Desire, like a backup dancer. Like, you just, anyways... Horrible, horrible look, 
horrible start to the season. If he keeps looking like this, I mean, he'll be on the shelf in Carolina. Whew, not good there. Number seven. Okay, I've been waiting to talk about this. Antonio Brown in New England. Okay, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to be honest. I was cringing in the radio and listening to the radio while I gushed upon the, the New England Patriots signing of Brown. I'm not really going to talk about it for anybody who doesn't know. There's some sexual allegations now that have come up from our personal trainer in the past. It's a civil lawsuit. Uh, The NFL has chose not to put him on the uh, protected list, and he's still eligible to play. played Sunday. He looked great on the field as uh, the New England Patriots were able to beat the Miami Dolphins down in Miami, a place where they usually have some trouble. Other than that, I'm I'm really not going to speak to it, just out of respect to the the potential victim out of respect to Antonio Brown it's not football I'm just going to focus on football football wise they look terrific the first drive opened with three drives going to Antonio Brown we heard audio from that at the top of the show I'm a huge Patriots fan as long as it doesn't affect football operations then I'm just not going to speak to it I mean there's another reason why I haven't talked about Robert Kraft and that whole deal that went on in Florida not even to joke about it um, just it's it's just not not for me to talk about. It's not my place to say so. So that's the last that I'm going to talk about it. Anytime that I'm going to talk about Brown or his uh, his cousin that that plays in Baltimore or the New England Patriots, I'm just going to not talk about that topic in respect out of that and leave it to the professionals. Number eight, New York Jets quarterback Sam Darnold has mono not play Monday night. La Bell also heard already. J E T S. Are they already D-O-N-E? Yes, 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 yes. Yes, they are. Unfortunately, the New York Jets, things just keep getting worse. Their quarterback has mono now. So that's a few weeks. I mean, you can't just recuperate from mono until you get into the recovery phase. So people, there's a lot of hype in New York saying they may be able to clinch a wild card spot. And obviously the Patriots are, are favored in that division. But now their quarterback has mono and their big signing bell from the Steelers is already hurt, skipping practice, not talking to the media. Just unfortunate. Number nine to boxing now. We don't talk boxing very much. Tyson Fury retains yay or nay. Yeah, yay. Um, He got a pretty bad cut from what I saw in the news. He had a bloody right eye in the third round. He won by unanimous decision. This was on Saturday. He beat uh, Sweden's Otto Wallin. (laughs) Nice name. And now they say he's going to go on for a rematch with Deontay Wilder. So that's in the heavyweight division. I mean, Fury now, I think he's at a record of 30 and, and 1 in the heavyweight division. So we don't talk boxing very much. This guy's just not, you know, he's not a picturesque boss, pic, picturesque boxer. Easy for me to say. He's uh, He looks like your next door neighbor. You'll see a guy like taking out his garbage. So he's just not in shape. He's, uh, well, not in shape. He's a big dude. He's a big, scary guy. But he's just not your typical boxing heavyweight champion. So good on him. He's kind of a media darling. He has no filter, just kind of says what he thinks, and uh, now he's going to go on for a rematch against one of his uh, past opponents. Number 10. Oh, okay, to close this out, bear with me now. I'm going to talk a little uh, professional wrestling because there are exciting times ahead, folks. We're going to have a special guest in studio, one Mr. Chris Smith. We're going to get him in for a segment to talk about what's going on. Like, if you're thinking, what is AEW? What's a little bit of the bubbly? What is Chris Jericho being the champ of? That's not. Is that WWE? Is it connected to Vince McMahon? No, it's not. It's an independent operation. Cody Rhodes, a famous son of a past wrestler Dusty Rhodes, has gone off and paired with the Young Bucks and Chris Jericho. And uh, they're kind of the biggest names out there, Kenny Omega. And they form their own professional wrestling. It's the first uh, competitive 
a wrestling operation or corporation that's challenging Vince McMahon and the WWE. So how is WWE going to respond? Vince McMahon is uh, he's very famous for taking on all competitors head on. So what they they're doing, they've got a professional, they've got a, a TV deal now signed with Fox. So SmackDown Live, which airs on Tuesday, is now moving to nationally syndicated TV on Friday nights on Fox. Raw is going to stay where it is on Monday nights, and also their rookie show, which is called NXT, is going to air on Wednesday nights head-to-head with AEW. So AEW is going to be Wednesday nights head-to-head with NXT. NXT is like the uh, rookie, uh, the the minor leagues for WWE. So they call up some stars. It's where they put in new talent. People kind of work it out. Now, it's all going to be kind of more of a seamless shuffle of components. So that's just a brief rundown of what's going on. Monday nights, you're still going to have Raw. Sunday nights is going to be the nights for all the pay-per-views. Wednesday night's the big wrestling night now where AEW is going to be going head-to-head with NXT, which is a WWE production. And then Friday night, SmackDown Live going to Fox and be going into, into the big time, into national-wide television. So there's all kinds of returns. There's a Brock Lesnar, Bill Goldberg, all these names being thrown around. We've seen The Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin. There's all kinds of throwbacks being come out. So there's my wrestling rant to close out first and 10 today, just to keep you abroad as to what's going on in wrestling. Why are people talking wrestling? And again, that awesome internet clip of uh, Chris Jericho, a little bit of the bubbly. And we're just going to play a brief montage just of a couple of those uh, internet sensations because it really has taken over. Oh, and they lost the title at the Longhorn Steakhouse. Jericho lost the title the night after their big pay-per-view. And that uh, caught the news of the media. Turns out it wasn't stolen. They just forgot it on the back of the limousine when they went for supper. And as the limo drove away, the belt fell off. And a man and his wife just found it and returned it to the police station. So there were some hilarious memes of them taking pictures with the belts, the, uh, the belt, the cop taking pictures with the belt. It just debuted. Brett the Hitman Hart. Gave it out to Jericho. And uh, anyways, just there's some wrestling talk for you here on First and Ten. Here on your radio dial, 88.9 CJMQ. This is your host, Matt McRae, and you're listening to The Show. A little bit of the bubble. It's all good, let me jump in, please in the trumpet. A little bit of the bubble. In my life. A little bit of the bubble. By my side. A little bit of the bubble. That's all I need. A little bit of the bubble. That's what I see. A little bit of the bubble. In the sun. A little bit of the bubble. All night long. A little bit of the bubble. Here I am. A little bit of the bubble. I need a little bit of the bubble. I'm alive, man, I can't deny. I did it all for the bubble. For the bubble. So you can take that cookie and stick it up your Oh, it up your Oh, it up your Oh, it up your Oh. No. I didn't do it for me. I did it for the bubble. Get the show on. Get a little bit of the bubble. Because you know I'm all about the bubble. The bubble. The bubble. No trouble. I'm all about the bubble. The bubble. The bubble. No trouble. I'm all. A little bit of the bubble. Creme de la creme. Vanderbilt University. Cosgrove Shumway. Clemson. Haha Clint Dix, University of Alabama. Doika Hanahue. Marshall. Legoon Dupree. West Virginia University. Lijay Doosable, University of Central Florida. Quispernick Gudon's always senior. Central Connecticut State University. Granky Peep. Georgia Southern University. 
The Brookinshaw Ferguson, University of Virginia. Strong plug it. University of South Carolina. Stump Tavia RoboClick. Grambling State. Cornelius Tank Carradine. Florida State University. Vagonius Thicketsway. Duke. Mama Doon Shazbot. Tulane University. Swordless Lime Town. Jacksonville State University. There is a lot of talent in this game, Eric. Prince of Mucamara, University of Nebraska. JR, Junior Juniors. Junior, Texas Christian University. Oh, that was University of Oregon. Fozzie Whitaker, the University of Texas. Myriad, Profiteroles, Utah. Mm -hmm. Busters Browns, Illinois State. Turn Cupcake. Israel Kitchen, Kent State University. Take it to the limit. College of the Canyons. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, wavy when I turn it on. All through my city, all through my home We're flying up, no ceiling when we in our zone I got that sunshine in my pocket Got that good soul in my feet I feel that hot blood in my body When it drops, ooh I can't take my eyes off it Moving so phenomenally Come on, rock the way we rock it So don't stop
that music means that means it's time for a titanium take of the townships now this is a very serious take of the townships this week i had the honor of taking part in the uh, terry fox run over at bcs bishops college college school on sunday just a terrific cause uh there was a great turnout the weather was was um, held off it was nice and cool there was lots of people there and uh just uh it, it's a great charity for cancer research and uh, the titanium take is just that we don't love and appreciate Terry Fox enough. Uh, I just hope, it, when I was a kid, it was a, it was a much bigger deal. I just want to continue to make it a big deal. So for anybody listening who doesn't know, in 1980, with uh, one leg, uh, was amputated off Terry Fox due to cancer. He had uh, osteogenic sarcoma, which is a, a bone cancer. He devised this fundraising idea for charity and cancer research where he wanted to run from the east coast of Canada to the west coast, and that was all for money for cancer research. He took off. He started in St. John's, Newfoundland, started running in the, in the summer of 1980, actually, and uh, he was forced to stop, stop September the 1st. Uh, cancer had spread into his lungs, so uh, starting in St. John's, Newfoundland, he ran on average until stopping in Thunder Bay, 42 kilometers a day. So that's 26 miles a day. Uh, he ran through all the Atlantic provinces, through Quebec, and then he was up in northern Ontario. So he lasted for 143 days. That's 5,373 kilometers. Uh, for our U.S. audience, that's 3,339 miles. Uh, and it stopped outside of uh, Thunder Bay, Ontario in the Marathon of Hope. So now to date, going into today's, ter- or this weekend's Terry Fox run, to date over $700 million had been raised. Um, Terry's hope when he started it is he wanted to raise a dollar for every Canadian. Now back then the population was $24.1 million. So we've achieved his goal of uh, 21, uh, $24.1 million. That was achieved back in August of 2017, and it has continued to grow. So I apologize for saying it hasn't continued to grow, but it's just really, really important. So to donate, it's a great cause. Uh, it's for cancer, cancer research. Uh, on my side of things, when I spent time in British Columbia, spending time at the Maple Ridge Legion, I had the honor of meeting Betty Fox. Uh, also met his brother Rick and got to talk firsthand what it was like being in a family with somebody like Terry. Um, you know, he did die at a very young age, unfortunately. Uh, he was born July 28th, 1958 and passed away June 28th, 1981, um, when he died. So the titanium take of the townships, we have a couple of audio clips. One is from, uh, the Terry Fox story from CBC, just to start off with a couple of interviews with the man himself, very courageous, fought his battle very, very hard and had, a, a, just a huge heart, uh, trying to raise funds for, for the future, not knowing his own. After losing 15 centimeters in the amputation above the knee, 15 centimeters above the knee, his leg was amputated. Just amazing. And prosthetics, let's remember back in 1980, weren't what they 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 are today. So, I mean, having that prosthetic leg on there is just the amount of courage that it took. So we have that, uh, that clip. And then also we're going to just throw in the uh, Take Me Home clip. That's going to be followed up by uh, Jimmy V from uh, ESPN. It's a, it's a five-minute clip. But it was just, I edited it in the middle. It was, it's a 10-minute speech. It's on YouTube where he started uh, the, the v, Jimmy V Foundation. And they've raised a lot of money for cancer research as well. So if you're on YouTube, check out Jimmy V. Jim Valvano, the former NCAA coach, 
who did pass away from cancer, but this was his speech before he, he did pass. He gave a very inspirational speech. They gave him a Courage Award at the ESPYs, which is ESPN's awards. And so there's just, just a five-minute clip there from Coach Valvano for Take Me Home Today, followed up with a very inspirational musical interlude by the one, the only, Garth Brooks. We're going to have some musical uh, country music theme here in this uh, second half of the show today. But... In order to close out the titanium take of the townships, you know what song we need to hear, Mr. Getta. Maybe I won't make it, but if it's up to me, I think I can do it. Terry Fox was an 18-year-old from British Columbia when he was diagnosed with bone cancer in his right knee. Amputation and chemotherapy left him with an artificial leg and memories of those still in the cancer ward. Kids my age and younger, and, and you just can't leave something like that and, try and forget it, and, and uh, I couldn't anyway. I had to try and do something about it. And so he did. We call them cool. Those hearts that have no scars to show. The ones that never do let go. And risk the tables being turned. We call them fools who have to dance within the flame Who chance the sorrow and the shame that always comes with getting burned But you've got to be tough when consumed by desire Cause it's not enough just to stand outside the fire Call them strong, those who can face this world alone, who seem to get by on their own, those who will never take the fall. We call them weak, who are unable to resist the slightest chance love might exist, and for that forsake. It all. They're so hell-bent on giving, walking a wire Convinced it's not living if you stand outside the fire Standing outside the fire Standing outside the fire Life is not tried, it is merely survived If you're standing outside the fire 
my soul Constantly yearning to get out of control Wanting to fly higher and higher I can't abide standing outside the fire Standing outside the fire Standing outside the fire Life is not tried, it is merely survived If you're standing outside the fire Standing outside the fire Standing outside the fire Life is not tried, it is merely survived If you're standing outside the fire Standing outside the fire Life is not tried, it is merely survived If you're standing outside the fire Thank you. Uh, I can't tell you what an honor it is to even be mentioned the same breath with an author, Ash. Um, this is something I certainly will, will treasure forever. But as, as uh, was said on the tape, I, and I also I don't have one of those things going with the cue cards, so I'm going to speak longer than anybody else has spoken tonight. That, that's the way it goes. Time, time is very precious to me. I don't know how much I have left, and I have some things that I would like to say. Hopefully, at the end, I'll have something that will be uh, important to, uh, to other people, too. But I can't help it. Now, when I'm fighting cancer, everybody knows that. Uh, and people ask me all the time about how you, you go through your life and how's your day. And nothing has changed. For me, as Dick said, I'm a very emotional, passionate man. I can't help it. That's being the son of Rocco and Angelina Valvano. That just comes with the territory, right? We hug, we kiss, we love. And, and when people say to me, how do you get through uh, life or, or each day? It's the same thing. To me, there are three things we all should do every day. If we do this every day of our life, you're going to have, what a wonderful, number one is laugh. You should laugh every day. Number two is think. You should spend some time in thought. And number three is you should have your emotions moved to tears. Could be happiness or joy. But think about it. If you laugh, you think, and you cry, that's a full day. That's a heck of a day. You do that seven days a week, you're going to have something special. And so I can't help. I rode on the plane up today with Mike Krzyzewski, my 
my good friend and a wonderful coach, but people don't realize he's a 10 times better person than he is a coach, and we know he's a great coach. He's meant a lot to me in these last five or six months of my battle. But when I look at Mike, I think we competed against each other as players. I coached against him for 15 years, and I always have to think about what's important in life is to think to me of three things, where you started, where you are, and where you're going to be. Those are the three things that I try and do every day. And, you know, when I think about getting up and giving a speech, I can't help it. I have to remember the first speech I ever gave. I was coaching at Rutgers University. That was my first job. All I, oh, that's a, wonderful. And I was the freshman coach. That's when freshmen played on freshman teams. And I was so fired up about my first job. I see Lou Holtz, Coach Holtz here. What was it like the first job you had, right? The very first time you stood in the locker room to give a pep talk. That's a special place, the locker room, for a coach to give a talk. So my idol as a coach was Vince Lombardi. And I read this book called Commitment to Excellence by Vince Lombardi. And in the book, Lombardi talked about the first time he spoke before his Green Bay Packer team in the locker room. There were plenty of losers. And I'm reading this. And Lombardi said he was thinking, should it be a long talk, a short talk? But he wanted to be emotional. He said, be brief. And this is what he did. He, he, normally, you get in a locker room, I don't know, 25 minutes, a half hour before the team takes the field. You do your little X and O's, and then you give the great Newt Rockney talk. We all do. Speech number 84. You pull him right out. You get, you get ready. Get your squad ready. Well, this is the first one I ever gave. And I read this thing, Lombardi. What he said was, he didn't go in. He waited. His team was wondering, where is he? Where is this great coach? He's not there. Ten minutes. He's still not there. Three minutes before they have to take the field, Lombardi comes in, bangs the door open, and I think you all remember what great presence he had, right? Great presence. And he walked in, and he just walked back and forth like this, just walk, staring at the players. And he said, all eyes on me. And I'm reading this in this book, and I'm getting a picture of this Lombardi before the, his first game. And he said, gentlemen, we will be successful this year. You can focus on three things and three things only, your family, your religion, and the Green Bay Packers. And, he, and the rest of it, they knocked the walls down. The rest was history. I said, that's beautiful. And its, and its motto is, don't give up. Don't ever give up. And that's what I'm going to try to do. Every minute that I have left, I will thank God for the day and the moment I have. And if you see me, smile and Maybe give me a hug, because that's important to me, too. But try, if you can, to support, whether it's AIDS or the Cancer Foundation, so that, that someone else might survive, might prosper, and might actually be cured of this dreaded disease. I can't thank ESPN enough for allowing this to happen, and I'm going to work as hard as I can you know, for cancer research, and hopefully we'll be Maybe we'll have some cures and some breakthroughs. And I'd like to think I'm going to fight my brains out to be back here again next year for the Arthur Ashe recipient. I want to give it next year. I know I've got to go. I've, I've got to go. And I've got one last thing. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind. It cannot touch my heart, and it cannot touch my soul. And those three things are going to carry on forever. I thank you, and God bless you all. And there you have it. We are back. There was Jimmy Valvano, Never Give Up. 
Don't ever give up. A great inspirational message. Somewhat of a somber, serious side, backside of the show. The last 30 minutes, we're doing uh, Ode to Terry Fox, and there's Jimmy Valvano. So donate what you can to your charities, ladies and gentlemen, whenever you got a chance. Here we are on 88.9 in the uh, closing segment of the show. Little John Denver sometimes plays here. Sometimes it's a little talking softball. But we're not going to do that. Here what we're going to do on Tuesday. Tomorrow I'm going to deep dive more on Wednesday's show from 11 to noon here on CJMQ. But for today, we're just going to top 10 surprises in week two in the NFL. I mean, New England Patriots, they rolled big and won 43-0 to against Miami, going to 2-0. No surprise to anybody. The spread going into that game was almost three touchdowns and they doubled it. Uh, San Francisco I improved it 2-0. The uh, 49ers, I don't know, kind of a quick start, kind of a softer schedule. Uh, disappointing, Los Angeles Chargers losing to Detroit in Detroit. Big message game, the Dallas Cowboys were victorious over the weekend. They kind of just rolled on to a 31-21 victory over the Washington football team. Uh, Indianapolis Colts beat Tennessee 19-7. Uh, Baltimore, are they the real deal, improving to 2-0? They only beat Arizona. Uh, again, back Carolina with a very disappointing loss to the Buccaneers on Thursday night. Uh, there was some great football to be played over the weekend. The NFL just heating up. A lot to change again. Last week was overreaction week. No need to overreact unless you want to talk about how good the Patriots are on defense and on offense. Pitching that shutout was pretty amazing. So the the the, the favorites continue to roll on. NFL action is heating up. We're going to jump to another clip. And uh, I can't believe I've gone this long without playing Shania Twain. I, I know, I apologize. I'm, I'm sorry. Just by playing the Garth Brooks, it kind of just hit me. So uh, we're going we're gonna to dedicate the last fourth segment, the entire last fourth segment to Shania. Just a good Canadian, fellow Canadian, used to be fantastic, reigning the airwaves, then was elusive and moved to a castle in Switzerland for a while, and then she made a comeback, and I think she's still around. I don't know. I love me some Shania. So here on the airwaves here, we're going to close out today's show with a little bit of a little NFL montage and then some Shania Twain. 88.9 CJMQ. This is the show.
got the most explosive. You've always played for the love of the game. Now the business side of the sport is behind you for, for six years. Uh, what was it like to get back on the ice and just focus on hockey? Oh, it was nice. I mean, uh, you know, it's nice being in front of this fan base, uh, especially down here. I mean, the love of, of our team is it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. So um, it was great to get back on the ice with you guys today. John was just talking about the reception you guys got when you arrived yesterday. What was that like for you? Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, uh, when we got off the plane, you know, a couple people there waiting for us there, and um, and then driving here at the hotel, um, you just feel the love in this city. So it uh, it shows how passionate these fans are, and you know, it's not a close place to Toronto. So it sees you see how many fans you have worldwide. So it's it's, uh, it's pretty cool seeing that. Have you been screeched in yet? No, but I'll get screeched in. I'm not leaving without it. When uh, you look at Kapanen, I know it's early. What can he bring to that line that might duplicate what Zach does in terms of I mean, speed and maybe initiating the forecheck in that regard? Yeah, I mean, we're early in that. They, the other guys just got here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did power play and penalty kill, so they weren't together. So uh, we'll have a talk, and I'll explain clearly what he needs to do. And then, you know, can he do it? Uh, you know, I think he looked real good on the line. With Kerfoot and Mikheyev, I think they'd be a real good line for us. That's what we'd like. But while Hyman's, you know, I think he's going to miss 14 or 15 games. So there's a real good opportunity for someone else. Why not Cappy? Cappy plays hard and works hard, and he's got to adjust his game a bit, but he can. As a father yourself, what is John Tavares going through these, these couple days? Well, I think he's, you know, I, I don't know what you guys think, but to me, the first, if you're blessed to have children, it changes your life for the better forever. And my whole life's my family. I, you know, we all get caught up in this, but I can tell you right now, my three kids and my wife are what makes my life go. And so for John now, you know, you got a lot to think about. He just had a kid. A uh, good thing about him is his uh, mother-in-law's right there. You know, he's got good help. Uh, your wife gets sick of you fast. You hang around too many days. She wants you on the road. She's used to being on the road. So... And I'm back again. I'm back again. I know I closed out the show, but I just want to thank you for being a wonderful listener and just address those clips. That was Mike Babcock. The Toronto Maple Leafs are playing some preseason hockey up in Newfoundland right now. So there's some great clips of them getting screeched in. Austin Matthews kissing a codfish. If you don't know what screeched in is, Google it. Wikipedia page. It's where you shoot some screech. Newfoundland screech. You say a... Long does my long jib, big jib draw, and then you say some other Newfoundland slang, and then you take a shot of the screech, and then you kiss the codfish on the lips. So the the Toronto we said that there, and there was I did include a little bit of Mitch Marner and him talking about his contract negotiations with Toronto. So there is a. As uh, talking about the Leafs and our enemy, and they may be crushing us for years to come. But no, not with that attitude. Montreal Canadiens, hopefully they'll be able to compete with Toronto this year, make the playoffs, and have a much better outing. But again, I just just to close the show, thank you very, very much. Uh, again, just to, to be serious and, and on the serious side of things, we like to have fun here on the airwaves. Donate to any charity to Terry Fox Day, which was on Sunday, the 15th of September. Donate to the Jimmy V Fund. Donate to any good cause out there. Give whatever you can. And it's all about the love. It's all about being getting out there, being together, talking about it, and continuing to celebrate things like that. So I've been your host, Matt McRae. I know you're waiting for Shania Twain, so she's coming up. we got got maybe even back-to-back Shania. You've been a wonderful listener. So again... Thank you so much for joining me. Have yourselves a wonderful Tuesday evening and an even better week. I'm your host, Matt McRae. You have been tuned in on your radio dial, if radios still do have dials, to 88.9 CJMQ, The Cube. This is the Tuesday night show, and the Wednesday 11 to noon edition will be following tomorrow.
but you better be on time. Any man of mine will say it fits just right when life's used. This is just a little too tight. And anything I do or say better be okay when I have a bad hair day. And if I change my mind a million times, I wanna hear him say. Looking better than me And when I cook them dinner And I burn it Like you better say Mmm, I like it like that yeah. And if I change my mind A million times I wanna hear him say Yeah, yeah, yeah I like it that way Any man of mine Better walk the line Better show Smart, but you've got being right down to an art. 
Scientist. That don't impress me much. So you got the brains, but have you got the touch? Now don't get me wrong, yeah, I think you're alright. But that won't keep me warm in the middle of the night. That don't impress me much. Should fall out of place. Oh, well, you think you're special. Oh, well, you think you're something else. Okay, so you're Brad Pitt. That don't impress me much. So you got the looks, but have you got the touch? Now don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think you're alright, but that. Don't impress me much. So you got a car that don't impress me much. So you got the moves, but have you got the touch? Now don't get me wrong, yeah, I think you're alright, but that won't keep me warm in the middle of the night. That don't impress me much. Oh, oh, oh no, you think you're cool, but have you got the touch? Now, now don't get me wrong, yeah, I think you're alright, but that. Pretty, pretty, pretty good.